Hi, this is Vanessa Sunshine. Hi, this is Alicia. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. I'm Osha Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess text debts rest and then just join us while we start. On our bachelor, bachelor, bachelor. And welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, the Bachelor in Paradise podcast that asks the question, why am I so horny for Greg? I'm hot for Greg. I am hot for Greg. <laughs> I am Max Quinn. Uh, sipping from a young coconut and unbuttoning his bullish shirt as we speak is Xavier Rebetsky Noonan. Hi, Xavier. Hello. Mm, milky. Milky. And joining us for the first time here on the BOH pod, she is the TikTok queen of Australian music. She is your queer content concierge for Proudest Punch. She is God's country's favourite. Angel Abby Butler is here. Bitches! Oh my god! What an intro! I feel like Bullet Bitches is the only is the only thing that you could reply to that intro with. Wow! Wow! It's wow! The wow! Only acceptable greeting from here forth on the Bachelor of Hearts it Bachelor is. in Paradise recaps. Abby, thank you so much for joining us. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I am a relative newbie to Bachelor world, and I feel like this is sort of an initiation of fire. So I'm I'm ready to go. I'm really excited to have you. I wanted to start by reading out a tweet of yours from a few months ago. <laughs> I know exactly what this is. <laughs> would you like to? Would you like to uh, guess which one it is? Yeah, I'm going to try and paraphrase it. But it, is it something along the lines of uh, I don't I don't care about becoming a sister, mother, or or d- daughter. All I care about is one day being a friend of the pod. Are you at all prepared for that to happen, friend of the pod, Abby Butler? Oh, my God, it's happened. It's (laughs) happened. Um, No big deal, but this has kind of been like a big deal of mine. I'm such a podcast nerd, and I've just always wanted to... Friend of the pod, Abby Butler, just that, oh, it rolls off the tongue. It feels natural. Doesn't it? does. It feels really, really good. I'm ready to go. Ready and (laughs) raring. You know what I've just realised is that we have had a podcast together, you and I, Maxwell, Mm. for like four or five years now. Yes. But due to the fact that we have the podcast, mm. we can't really be friends of the pod. No, I mean, I think we're friends of the pod in like an omnipotent sense, you know, like um, yeah. like pod gods. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> is, the pod an, is the pod its own being of which you can be a friend of? Are you the pod? That's it asks some right. existential questions. It's bigger than both of us. This is true, you know. Um, and Abby, also, I want to make clear, neither of us are here on official business. Um, I want to make that claim uh, uh, up top, you know, like our views, not the views of our employer, etc. Um, but I do want to congratulate you on uh, a milestone first place uh, in Triple J Trivia last week. The theme was marsupials. You got yes. eight out of ten. Yes. Um, yes. How, how did you get so smart at that? I honestly, okay, that trivia unlocked a part of my brain that I didn't know existed. Like the fact that I knew the, that the biggest 
uh, breed of kangaroo was the red kangaroo. I don't know whether right. it was like my trips to Blackbutt Reserve in Newcastle as a mm-hmm. child mm-hmm. and that had just seeped into my being and marsupial trivia was where I was able to release <laughs> that stored information. I don't know what it was, but marsupials, that's my area of expertise. And what's brilliant is that we're able to now tap into that knowledge that you have and apply it to the situation that we see unfolding mm. on The Bachelor in Paradise where a bunch of horny animals are <laughs> filling up their pouches with oh. love. Oh, there it is. There it is. I've got to say, and I did put this in the Bachelor of Hearts uh, official Facebook group. I did have yes. an animal-related post. I'm not sure if we're going to get to that, but the animals, and I'm not just talking about those sneaky bachelors and bachelorette <laughs> contestants. The animals are thriving on the island. Aren't they They're just? running wild. They yeah. really are. Abby, please plug your shit. Tell us where we can find you. True. Tell us um, the the places that we can go to find you on the internet. Oh, okay. Um, you can find me on Instagram at absbutler, A-B-B-Z, butler. That's me. Uh, uh, you can find me on uh, We Are Proudest Punch. It's a little mm-hmm. thing I've started on Instagram. It's for queer folks to feel like they've got a place on the internet because we need more of those. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yes. most importantly, <laughs> besides all that, you know, stuff, whatever, um, at Flabby Gutler on TikTok. It is my... <laughs> Thriving industry. I hit 30,000 followers today. My um, word. Wow. Business is booming on the Holy TikTok. Shit. I've That's hit so the Zoomers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so there's also lots coming in this episode. Uh, I'm glad that we did the plugs up top because we will probably be talking for like four to five hours. Oh, yeah. I'm nervous. Yeah, there's, I'm so nervous. <laughs> People also. might not make it to the end. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, look, this is, I feel like this is going to be a long pod, but I also feel like um, what we're going to do is, is try and condense it for you and uh, trim trim some of the fat as well. So we'll chew it as we trim it. Um, you know, <laughs> what is this metaphor? <laughs> Uh, we're, we're chewing the fat. We're trimming the fat. We're um, butchers of all shapes and sizes here on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. <laughs> all the drama with Kieran and Renee is forthcoming. Um, oh. um, whether anyone came out of that situation in a good light. Plus, uh, boys running away from their responsibilities. <laughs> Jamie and the show's treatment of Jamie. And uh, once we get through that, a little treat for you. Alicia, the return of Alicia. Is it love at first sight with Greg? Yeah. And the way that it's going to work is we will break it down couple by couple. Uh, probably we will cut a bunch of couples towards the end who didn't do anything this week. But uh, it's No all friend roses on here. this pod. Right. No True. friend roses for us on this pod as we break it down on The Bachelor in Paradise, Australia, Season 3, Episode 3, and Season 3, Episode 4. We begin with Kieran and Renee and also Jess because this is the hat rack on which... All of the drama hangs in these <laughs> episodes. And in order to do this properly, I think that we need a timeline, okay? Because mm-hmm. did anyone else find what happened on the show confusing as shit to try to process? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in this episode built to this explosive reveal at the end. Right. And then after the reveal happened, I was like, wait. <laughs> right, right. And I had to kind of get out the social media and do a bunch of background research and get the, like, little red... Uh, uh, wire and run it across the what can I think of the words? Murder board. Yeah, the murder board. That's what I'm talking about. That's the thing as well. And because this extended over to like other series as well, there's mention mm-hmm. of things that are happening in different seasons with different bachelors and bachelorettes. That's mm-hmm. again why I had to recap via your handy podcast because I had sort of dipped out by the end of Angie's season. So there was a lot there, a lot of assumed knowledge that you sort of had to bring into this app. Right, right. And so we're going to get you up to speed right now. Last week's recap guest Lauren Connolly posted um, an actual visual timeline into the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook. 
book. So jump in there and have a look at that if you're a visual learner. Um, but let's begin in the before times. 2018, <laughs> early 2019, when... Couldn't we do dinosaur noises in the background? <laughs> Jurassic Park, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Kieran and Renee are in a relationship in Darwin. So, we learn that they're on again, off again for a period of about 18 months. And at some point, I believe the show said that they were also living together. Anyone catch that? Some, I, I do remember someone saying, uh, I believe it is when uh, Jess and Kieran are on the beach and in a, in a voiceover, someone says... Uh, this must be so hard for Renee. They were living together, a sort of yes. some I- yes. impression of how serious they were. So this is happening sometime in the late stages of 2018 and early 2019, but by mid-2019, the relationship has soured and Renee is filming The Bachelor as a contestant on Matt Agnew's season. Then, June, July, Kieran is on Angie Kent's season of The Bachelor. They must have a good casting person up in Darwin to get mm. both of these people mm. from this couple and maybe plant the seed for the future. Oh, and- long game. Yeah, Whoa. long game, right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> And what we learned this week is that Kieran left Angie's season of The Bachelorette in part because his nan died, um, but also in part because he wanted to rekindle things with Renee. That's the big reveal. He left Angie's season to go be with Renee. So dicey. It's so dicey because I also saw on like Kieran's Instagram story that he posted, which is really like sad that it had to sort of come to this, but he posted um, photos of like the the funeral notice and that sort of thing for his nan as if it was some, you know, indication that, oh, I I didn't just leave for Renee. Like I also left my nan and so people were questioning that intention. Oh, man. Very heartbreaking, isn't it? Well, I'm. I mean, it, I, the the most tragic, <laughs> the most tragic part for me. Save the conspiracy that, theorist. I know. No, I'm freaking out. Um, because I'm a member of a lot of like bachelor Facebook groups and mm. forums and all this kind of shit. Which like I'm doing damage to myself by doing this. But like you got to do your work, right? Um, you got to do your readings. Um, there's a lot of people who aren't satisfied by that explanation and who are like comparing the dates of when they know that certain dates happen in Bachelor with like when that. Future Funeral must have been and like interviews that he did around the time and they're like trying to bust this thing open. It's like at this point you have license to take your foot off the accelerator. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like we need to divorce that from the narrative because uh, it's gross. It's, it's sad. really yucky. The yeah. more you dig into like someone's relative dying and like yeah. this moment of tragedy in their lives, it, it and it draws into focus. I think. Um, because a lot of what we try and do or a lot of what people try and do around The Bachelor is Mm. try and find out the truth of the matter Mm. when I actually think, in all honesty kind of doesn't matter that much at a certain point and right. like let's just watch a tv show yeah maybe let these people have like human existences exactly mm. and it's also like two things can be true at once which we often yes. forget when watching these shows like both right. can like it doesn't cancel the other out yes. right both things can exist on a continuum we'll talk exactly about that when it comes to jamie a little bit later um so next there's a reconciliation. Kieran leaves the show to be with Renee. They're together. And there's also a trip to Bali somewhere in here that Naranga <laughs> seems to be on. There's a few people in that trip to Bali. I saw right. some people claim <laughs> I guess I don't need to pay lip service to these people. But they're like These I people found this group shots. Mm. The, right. You know, people. Look who's in there. You know, okay. Yeah. All my sock puppet accounts. <laughs> <laughs> the entirety of the Bachelor like Facebook group that I'm in with thirty thousand members is just me. <laughs> I have a lot of free time on my hands. <laughs> so, by October, it's off again. And Kieran has become the breakout star on The Bachelorette. And he has also cheated on Renee at a wedding. Bachelor in Paradise 
films for a few weeks over November and December in 2019. So at the time that they're filming this, what's happened is that Kieran and Renee have both been on two reality TV shows now within the span of about six months. They've only been properly broken up for about a month after having been together for a year and a half. And now of all the Buller banquets in all the world, mm. they had to wander into this one. Mm. Mm. All I've got to say is that it, it, it seemed like a lot of the contestants, and whether it was just because they know how to play the game so well at this stage, but by the time Renee came in, it was almost a surety that she was coming in. Like, they weren't talking right. about it in terms of, like, oh, what if Renee comes Imagine in? They if were like, she shows up. Yeah, they were like, not only is Renee coming in, but she will come in today. Like, they were talking about yeah. it in terms of specific times that she was going to come in. Right, and how accustomed these people must be to this storytelling process that they've willingly signed themselves up for. Mm. So, also, Jess is the other part of this because she's in super deep. We have to make this clear that it's not Jess the mayor from Noosa. It's not Jess the mayor from Noosa. Oh, wait, it's not? I need to change my notes. <laughs> Damn it. Well, he could be involved. We don't know. He could have been in Bali. Let me show you this Facebook page. <laughs> So there's this perfect little scene where uh, Jess and Kieran are out on the kayak and they're kissing and Jess says, it's the most romantic thing that's ever happened to me. I don't care what happens. I'll never forget, which is just like this beautiful little paradise quote, kind of what we come here for in a certain sense. And I'm stoked that she gets to uh, keep that little baby Joey of a moment in her memory pouch forever. Aww. That's very beautiful. But I, I think that the reason that hits so hard is because they're setting it up to be contrast to the rest of the episode exactly yeah. like i'm sure it was fun they were out there on the paddleboard it was raining they were getting wet they were getting smoochy yeah but like also like come on <laughs> I, I was gonna say i was kind of watching that and she was like it's the most romantic moment of my entire life and i was like paddleboarding in the rain <laughs> question mark like i don't know if I, I i consider myself a bit of a romantic but paddleboarding in the rain in the rain the most okay go off yeah. i don't know you do you yeah. uh, right so what happens is exactly as you say is that this like beautiful um paddleboarding in the rain joey is about to digivolve into a full-on motherfucking boxing kangaroo. <laughs> that really swell kangaroo that, like... Yeah, hey. and that pouch of memories turns out it's full of lies what? and maybe frogs. <laughs> this is an incredible analogy. Yeah, I'm just, I, I can dip out at this stage. I'm going to sit back and listen. I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Osha is here in his white chinos to invite everyone to the Buller Banquet, and it's going to be, quote, all about... Renee. Osh says there's more to discuss about Kieran and Renee. And then Tim reveals his suspicion that Naranga and Renee are now, in fact, a thing. Renee? Renanga? No? <gasps> Wait, is that like their couple that, name? Naranga. Like Ren no. Okay, let's take that. Let's put it away because as far as we know, Naranga and Renee are friends and nothing more. Did anyone pick up anything in the show or anything online that might suggest otherwise? No, I've got I've got my real real double standards alarm. It's ringing. It's ringing so hard in this episode because it's this whole conversation. I mean that we had a, a few. Uh, was it last episode where it's a big deal about Cass going in mm -hmm. on Jamie? She wants to make it very clear she's friends with Jess, uh, and also Jess is friends with Renee. So all these entanglements, in the words of Jada Pinkett Smith. But then we get to this whole deal with Renee and Naranga, of which on the show we see nothing more than a couple of hugs, some pats on the shoulder, some supportive uh -huh. words, and it's 
the thing, and I'm sure we'll get to this, but what really had me fired up was Tim referring to Renee as Kieran's missus in the press. Yes. Oh, yeah. And yeah. sort of saying, oh, Naranga, that's not how you treat your friend's missus. And, oh, boy. Oh, we'll right, get to as it, if but- she's a uh, uh, fucking... Possession, you know, and yeah. at the same time, like, uh, Kieran expects loyalty out of, or sorry, Tim expects loyalty out of Naranga because of what's between his legs, right? He's dogging the boys. Yeah, whereas oh. there was no, you know, there was no question about Kieran dogging uh, Renee by going <sighs> right, for right. Jess, her ex yes. friend. Ugh. Yeah, it, it all feels like a bit of a fallacy with a PH, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 that Max, very like, that you worked so hard this week. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud already. Justice for Naranga. We're moving on. Can I? If I can flag something mm. right now, I don't have internet at home, so I get to watch these episodes once, and that's it. And most of the time, I'm with a group of people, and I'm drinking a lot, and I just show up to recording. I'm like, what happened? Huh? This? Oh my god. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm sitting here. I would just like to point out that one of my notes here is. Kieran wearing rock pool shoes, question mark. So that's the level of note-taking that I was doing. I remember that, actually, because he was going out into the water with, like, sandals and socks at one point. This is Tim. Yeah, yeah. So Tim's doing the socks and sandals This is at the beginning. Kieran had some rock pool shoes. Height of fashion, Mm. right? Both things, I think, are very cool. Yes. And uh, all the women on the island are like, I don't know if I'm vibing this, but, like, this is where, like, Tyler, the creator, is taking menswear at the moment. It's all socks and sandals. In fact... But is it in the water? Like, (gasps) oh, my God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Holy uh, shit. For the listeners, Max is wearing <laughs> Max is wearing rock pool shoes, uh, for those wondering. <laughs> but like that, shoes, okay, they look incredible on you, and you are sensible enough to stay dry while wearing them. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. if you wear that thing into the water, that is a fungal infection waiting to happen. <gasps> and I don't like having to say it, but it's true. Hey, it is, it is. Right now, and I don't want to I don't want to talk about this all episode, but I'm dealing with a little bit of foot trouble. <laughs> Go on. Well, I got I got some new I got some new duck duck some new duck martins. I'm trying to wear them in. They're killing me. I walked here. It's a 20 minute walk from my house to Max's house, and I'm incapacitated. I'm getting Max to like hand me things across the room. I'm like, I live here now in this chair recording this podcast. We hear from Renee for the first time. She says in confessional that she and Kieran have some unfinished business. We'll have lots to say about Kieran, but my first question is, why is Renee here? Drama. As in her personally? Yeah, yeah. What's her motivation? Money? Question mark? Yeah. Some sort of... I I feel like maybe she was sort of promised a bit of a a, a nice edit in terms of like what she she would get out of it. She can come out of this looking pretty good. For sure. And kind of just being like a boss bitch, you know? Like, like, you know, reclaiming the narrative that... No one really knew anyway, but like, you know, just being like, this bad thing happened to me and I'm going to be resilient and, you know, like, she comes off looking like a cool legend. Yeah, right. And she stares fucking daggers across the table at every person (laughs) at the Buller Banquet. This is where all this drama sort of centers around. And I want to say, like, you're right. It's absolutely her prerogative to go on the show for financial reasons or for whatever. But I guess um, if I were weighing up the options of experiencing that trauma and having it play out on television or simply not. Hey, I don't know. Yeah. I'll cut and run, but I'm not everyone. That's the thing. And also one of the things uh, that she says is, I could spill the beans and you'll look like a piece of shit. So maybe that was <laughs> one of her intentions as well. And she delivers that line with such intense severity that only could come from an Australian TV show, I think. Oh, absolutely. Where she's like, I'm here. I just rocked up at the Buller Banquet. And it's like, <laughs> holy shit. Ow. I felt that. <laughs> Renee arrives at the Buller Banquet and she does not want a bar 
of Kieran, who goes big. He addresses the group here, uh, and he says, I think she's a beautiful person, before actually then addressing Renee in the first person. Like, she's the um, person version of a noun and not the thing version of a noun. Um And he continues, what I did to you was wrong. I'm so sorry. It was a dick move. I'm sorry for hurting you the way I did. I don't want no hard feeling between us. Who do do I turn to here? I don't think he is trying at all with this. Okay. I think he is giving about 10%, but really he is already just frustrated that he has to address it. That's the vibe that I get. He seems like... He's just trying to dismiss this thing. He's like, "Go mm. on, we're having the we're having dinner at the banquet. Let's <laughs> let's sweep this under the rug. I don't want to talk about it." Because that's the thing. From the very moment that Osher announced that it was going to be something about Renee, he was furious, and right, I think that right. that was bottled inside. And he just thought, "Look, I'll just address it straight up, and it'll be done." And yeah, then yeah. when, uh, spoiler alert, it was not done. Uh, <laughs> he was like, "What the hell?" But I said, "Sorry." <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And this is the thing because. Kieran is super petulant in this moment, right? Like, uh, Renee really rebuffs him and she says to the camera, you know, that it's all a show and she wants a separate apology to the side and go off. She deserves it. Yeah. Um, But Kieran has the shits. Like, and I get it because the show's trying to throw his reputation under the bus. I must have said the word sorry at least two times. Isn't that (laughs) enough for you? (laughs) Yeah. We all saw it. It was on camera. All the other people looked at me while I said it. Isn't it just like... The consequences of your own actions catching up to you, though. But that's the thing as well, is that this is a relationship that we are framing through reality TV. And and so much would have happened behind the scenes. Like, he could have said that apology to her in person. Like, we have no idea what they're sort of coming in with. That's a good point. And Mm -hmm. maybe all was said and done. He thought that closure had been reached and then here she is and it's all about Renee and and, and it's resurfacing. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so we open up the Buller box. Which is um, <laughs> I'm getting joy. tense listening to this. Like I, I, I was watching this through gritted teeth. It was so, some of the most awkward and uncomfortable television. And hearing you retell it, I'm just like, <laughs> You're like no, oh, preparing because I know what's to it's come. It's that horror movie situation where it's like. It's in there. Don't go in there. Right. And someone's reaching an arm into the Buller box. And it's really funny. We start every episode by being like, Buller. Like, we're really excited. <laughs> the word takes this twisted, dark meaning in the actual show. It's like, <laughs> the Buller banquet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, basically, they open up the box and Kieran's being peppered with questions. And he gets two in. He gets to uh, question number two. And then he bails. Literally, like, flees over the hills and far away like he's three little ducks in a nursery rhyme. <laughs> mm. And... Like, Greg goes after him, and then <laughs> Tim goes after him, and there's this weird fight. Did, did you see this? Yes, Between Greg I love and Tim this. about who yeah. gets to console Kieran? What is this? He was like, I, I think, and actually, I see where Greg is coming from here, because mm. uh, Greg was proven to be correct in this instance. Absolutely. Because I think Greg could sense that Tim was about to inflame the situation, hype yes. Kieran up. He knew the pattern that was to inevitably lead, and was sort of like, look, you stay away. Greg, with his calming presence that we we know and love and expect from Greg um, was just like, look, I'll dilute the situation. But no, Tim was Tim was in. We've, like we've got a lot of we've got a lot of Greg to get to later, but he is proving himself to be an incredibly reasonable man. And Tim is someone who like uh, just is has not. the propensity. <laughs> That's a, a much better way than I could say it. All you need is simply say. not. Yeah. And so with Kieran off in the comforting arms of Greg. 
Tim then takes it upon himself to stand up for Kieran back at the Buller banquet. And we'll talk about Tim and what happened in a minute. But his insertion is enough to send Paradise into this cascading cadence of chaos. It's just like... Like our bomb went off, I think someone says in confessional. He tears up, or well, I was going to say, he tears up Paradise like a new pair of Doc Martens tears up the back of my heels. <laughs> <laughs> Just truly causing damage with every step. <laughs> we hear again from Renee, who tells us that she's holding in a shocking secret. She says, I'm trying to protect Kieran's reputation. And at this point, like, what spell has been cast over Renee to make her think that it's her responsibility to protect the man who has just sold her out publicly in front of all of her new friends? Mm. I don't I don't like it. Yeah, it's she seems really and, and that was also part of the discomfort of watching this part of the episode was she's clearly just in so many minds about what she's supposed to do, what she's there right. for, mm. what she's supposed to say. And and we even see it later on when Kieran and Renee end up sitting down together that she's like, be careful what you say, be careful what you do. Like, th- and it, it's interesting. It's also this really meta examination of reality TV, which I'm obsessed with, where Kieran's like, I'll say whatever, I'll do whatever, I'll say it. I don't care if the camera's there. And mm. Renee is very careful about what she does and says and and puts forward about their relationship in front of the cameras. It's like, how do you actually prepare to come in and do something like this? Yeah. Because no matter what you tell yourself is going to happen beforehand, you are placed into an environment with people who the only reason that they're there is because they're very reactive. Right. And they're very emotional and they're, you know... um, it's interesting to see what happens with them. Right. And so you can, as much as you want to be like, okay, I've, I'm pretty sure like these are the things that I can say to sort of stake my claim and like get the story straight and that kind of thing, but it's always going to just blow up in some way. Right. And so the way that it blows up is that they finally have this chat where Kieran says that he's coming and being open and transparent and Renee says, no, but that's not it. That's not what I want to talk about and stop doing this for the camera. She keeps mentioning the camera saying, stop looking at, stop looking at the camera, stop doing it for the camera. Nobody knows the truth. And so we learn the truth, right? Like Kieran left Angie's season to attempt to reconcile with Renee and Renee's been keeping a secret for him. Is it a big deal? It is interesting. My my initial reaction was because she's talking about how she has to sort of hide this secret and that, you know, if this thing comes out, it will be such a bombshell or whatever. And like in a reality TV situation, that's always kind of going to happen. But I thought it was interesting, particularly in this situation, because it does seem to shed light on um, in a sort of intertextual way what happened at the end of the last season. And more than that, like if he then misled like production or like mm. you know if if what happened was like if is this a bombshell to us the audience is it a bombshell to the people who are there on the island or is it a bombshell to like Warner Brothers you know yeah yeah and that's the thing is that she says you know they that they were calling when he was in the house and that I, I think that she says he left because he wanted to get back together with Renee and then there's the thing where production say to her oh, did you meet up afterwards? And she delivers the fiercest line, I think, in the whole episode where she goes, who do you think picked him up from the airport? Oh, man. Oh, snap, snap. But then, as you said, yeah, it's like she sort of frames it in this way of like the, the nan's passing didn't play a part in his leaving. But I, right. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see how production could miss this. Right. right. And that's kind of the thing where it's sort of like they – 
would know that Kieran and Renee were in a relationship because they've both been cast on the same fucking TV show, presumably by the same casting director who pulled a bunch of other contestants from that Darwin kind of region Mm. as well. And so the fallout here is that Kieran says that he's going to leave paradise so that Renee can stay. And Kieran tells the camera that he's ready to go home. Uh, He doesn't want to be in paradise while Renee's there. And we get the most hilarious to be continued at the end of episode three. (laughs) I love to know that there will be an episode four. I really thought this was the end of the show, of of the franchise per se, you know, but uh, indeed there was a uh, to come. And I was going to say, this conversation really um, reminded me a lot of Richie and Alex's tense conversation, split screen, nine minute ordeal that happened, was it last season? Last season, season, that's right. Yeah, and so when they were sort of in that lead up where Renee's going, I don't want should I'm should I say it in front of the cameras? And he's saying, "Yeah, say it in front." I don't. I was like, "What is about to happen?" And so inevitably, right. when it was sort of revealed, I was a little bit like relieved that that's all it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the thing is that it isn't near the magnitude of the situation that manifested between Richie and and Alex. Mm. You know, and oh, people, we were freaking out in the group chat. Everyone was like, "What the fuck did he do?" Like, because the whole yeah. the whole episode, the structure of this episode is building to that point, so mm. that you will sit there on the edge of your seat and be like, "Did he fucking kill someone?" Like, you know, like <laughs> literally, just like your mind reels, and then yeah, it is. I I I don't know if it's always going to be a disappointment because I think it is an interesting thing. Yeah, but um, yeah, I had certainly prepared for worse. I guess. I think it's also interesting the way that they... Because this conversation is all about, like, should I say it in front of the cameras? Like, mm. should I out this thing or whatever? And then the way that the, the information is actually revealed is it cuts to and in the moment. So she doesn't actually say it to him. Like, you know, obviously the audio and video being captured at that moment is not all that good or right. whatever. But, like, I wonder how that, that actually... That bit of footage actually wraps up. Yeah. Because it does cut to her presumably, like, the next day being like, okay, I'll hear... I'll, like... Like, did she just not explain it properly or something? And they were like, listen, we're talking about this anyway. Please lay it out there for the cameras. Everyone needs to know it's out there now. It does feel like something that you could pick up the next day if you were in a production environment where this had played out at God knows what time and everyone's drunk and emotional. Mm. Mm. But now it's out there, babes, and and we've got to just move on with our lives. And that's probably when she thought of the snappy one-liner. There you go. Right. So good. Hits every time. Uh, so we do continue to the realization that Kieran is in fact not leaving Paradise because Jess, remember Jess? Remember From she Lisa, likes Kieran? Yes. Oh no, the other oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she talks him out of it. Basically, she tells Kieran that she hasn't felt this way for someone in so long. And I just want to take a quick second to say that the emotional labor that is placed on the shoulders of the women on this show because these men struggle to or outright can't regulate their emotions. Mm-hmm is fucking astounding. Like, mm. we'll, we'll talk to we'll talk to Tim's whole thing in a minute. Mm. But, like, with mm. Kieran, I felt like saying, like, you're just having a panic attack, dude. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's this, I mean, it happens every season and in every show where the timeline of a regular relationship is just rapidly, like, condensed to a, a matter mm-hmm. of days, a matter of weeks. And so by whatever, day three, day four, the first week of this relationship, if you've been with someone from day one, it's like... They talk to it's like, oh, yeah, they're like husband and wife, like they're married. And so with that comes the expected emotional labor of having a relationship of that intensity when in reality you've known this person for like 
two days. You mightn't have slept right. with them in the same room. Like, you know barely anything about them. And yet we'll get to like Brittany, but she is shouldered with this responsibility of like, go deal with your man. And it's like, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. he it's is a so man who can deal with his own feelings, question mark? Right, maybe? No. right, exactly. And like, it's his responsibility to learn to do that. Otherwise, like, what are we going to do? What, are you just going to keep rubbing his head when he blows shit up and storms off? It is such a pattern on Paradise of men being presented with the consequences of their behavior <laughs> and them continuing to misbehave in their response to that feedback mm. and then women again having to like solve the problem and uh, soothe their ego and you know that sort of thing it's it's like it's so exhausting and also with men just saying oh well I'm going to leave that's it then right. if right. this isn't resolved I'm going and then it's mm. yeah it's it's expected of the women in in the show to go pick up the pieces to chase after them to fix right. the situation so that the show can keep going normally and the boys can have their little tantrum. Right. And this is the flight instinct that we kind of talked about on the last episode where the boys are like, well, I can't deal with my emotions. So I'm just going to leave Fiji. Mm. <laughs> yes. Funnily enough, emotions only exist in Fiji. Yeah. That's so- why we're able to keep it so good. And there's only, there's only two ways to deal with them is getting your head scratched and leaving the country. <laughs> anyway, he, he absolutely does not leave Kieran. Uh, and we see next to nothing of him for the rest of episode four. Until Jess gives him her rose at the end. And Christ, I want to keep talking about it, but we don't have time for his shit anymore and we have to keep moving on. I almost want to revisit the rose ceremony at the end because it is such a weird one Mm. where like everything has been building to this like cataclysmic moment or whatever. And then we ignore it. And then at the end, he stays. (laughs) Let's leave him. Let's leave Kieran there. Well, I mean, guys, they did have that barbecue the next day. And as they said, <laughs> it was like nothing before happened because they had a barbecue. And they played oh, some cricket and good day. <laughs> Seriously, though, and I think we're about to talk about Tim, but I think this is the reason that Tim sticks around. Yeah. Is that he's like, oh, I've decided it's not. We're going to just everyone's going to have a barbecue. Like, <laughs> face up to your responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you didn't even bring the Barbecue. But they had I'm pineapple sure. at the barbecue, Xavier. <laughs> I think you're forgetting. <laughs> it's true. A sweet treat. Uh, so, yeah, we are about to talk about Tim and Britt and also, for some reason, Jamie. Let's <laughs> reset. Tim and Britt are a thing. Uh, Tim is thick as thieves with Kieran. And after Greg takes Kieran away for some calm, calm time, after he melts down at the Buller banquet, Tim sets his sights on stirring it up at the dinner party. Now, he calls this behavior uh, pot stirring, but I really think it depends on what you're cooking, you know? Uh, it seems like he's cooking a big bowl of shit. Or, or uh, yeah, I was going to say beef, but I mean, that's that's way better. Oh, true. <laughs> but he literally said, I saw, not, like, when the it's the point where it's like, okay, this is the, the piece to camera, Tim, where you have to justify why you did what you did. And he just goes... Mm, I just saw an opportunity to stir some shit. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not what an adult... That's not how adults think and deal with things. (laughs) The thing is, okay, so if we're being honest about this, like reality TV and Bachelor in Paradise do thrive on this kind of shit, Mm. but it's like, it's just not the time, Tim. You really need to take a back seat right now. You don't want to stick your head in this gator's mouth. You don't want to wear these Doc Martens. This is the thing, right? Where you're like, 
Man, I love you for so many of the reasons why this is a problem. Right. Yeah. You know, and mm. I'm I have such goodwill towards Tim that I'm more inclined to forgive him for what has happened than I am Kieran with what has happened to him, you know, but I think that it's important that we hold everyone to an equal standard. Uh, I'm off him. Yeah, I'm throwing down the him. gauntlet. I'm off Tim. Get rid of him. Because <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing. We got a lot of people threatening to leave on this episode. Right, right. right. Mm. And I'm kind of like, fine. <laughs> you know, especially because like there's a lot of trailers and stuff that are saying like we've got three random new men, entering, <laughs> which we will talk about. Uh, but I'm like, all right, we've got some new men. Just we got some boys. Ditch these ones are yeah. causing a lot of trouble. Yeah, they're they're full of drama. Um, and basically, like Tim goes in on Cass and then Naranga and then Greg uh, in what I think is an attempt to like deflect attention away from what Kieran's done and onto, like, what's been going on in Paradise. You know, like, I think he's kind of trying to say, like, like pop, pop kettle or something. Yeah, I don't know, because it's, like, in an, alter- in an alternate universe, there could be some way where Tim's like, oh, hell yeah, it's my time to just, like, roast everyone at the table. Here we go. Yeah. But he just comes off looking like an absolute dick. This is right. it. It's delivered with such hostility that, yeah. it, it, like... It, it takes away from any opportunity they might have had to be funny or to do any of the stuff that we have found charming in the past on the show because it's aggressive, you know? Um, I think the best that it got was when he said, sorry, excuse me, I'm just here for the fish. I don't want any drama. I'm just here for the fish. Big drama's here, Renee. Get used to it, babes. Look, not bad. (laughs) Put it on a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) It's <laughs> a great shot. There's someone else. You could put little emojis in between with like the fish and yeah. Uh, there's someone else who is at the table at this time who is doing the good, funny, deflecting away from the conflict. Here thing we go, Brittany. Oh, she's yes. amazing. Who is incredible, and she's just like, oh, are there any questions in there? For that me? was excellent. <laughs> that was so good. When she grabs need. the box and then she kind of looks up and she's like, oh no no no, that joke didn't work. It didn't land. <laughs> so the confusing thing here for me is that Tim is not unperceptive when it comes to this, right? Like, we've seen him be a pretty perceptive dude in him talking about his relationship with Jamie, and eventually he does realise that he's out of line. But again, it's this thing of, like, regulating our emotions and how probably that's amplified by alcohol because suddenly Tim decides that now he is the person who wants to go home because he thinks that nobody will respect him anymore. Yep. Did anyone lose respect for Tim in this moment? I think I think a lot of them did, honestly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of... I mean, I'm just like, when he is hitting, when he is good, he is so good. Yeah. But in a moment like this, I'm like, I don't know if we need this flavor in the stew right now. Right. Yeah, I found it to be really almost attention-seeking behavior in some sense, because that's like what he does best. He's... He, he does silly things. He does his little boxing thing. Ha, ha, ha. Everyone's laughing. So he does it a bit bigger. Everyone's yep. laughing even more. Does it a bit bigger. All eyes are on Tim. And so with this situation, I don't think, and this is, I really don't want to psychoanalyze. This is a reality show. Obviously, right, that's right. always what we're looking at. But it just seemed like, okay, that, that joke didn't hit. Go a bit bigger. That roast didn't hit. Got to get more. Go yeah. bigger. Go bigger. Go bigger until it just it explodes. And inevitably, everyone's hurt in the end. And to that end, I don't think my expectations or understanding of who Tim is or what he's about really changed from that exchange. You know, like mm. I just sort of sat there thinking like, this is who you are. This mm. is the kind of thing that you will do. And as a reality TV character, like I'm here for a lot of it, but I'm not here for that. And I think that that's where a lot of people and a lot of his friends and 
uh, Brit, who he's in a Bachelor in Paradise relationship with. That's where they kind of all drew the line, you know? Um, My understanding of Jamie definitely changed because when he learned that Tim was packing his bags to leave, like, Jamie becomes quite inconsolable, you know? He's, like, begging Tim and he's really weeping and telling Tim that he can't stand the thought of not waking up and seeing him in the morning uh, because he's his best friend. This was, like, astonishing and concerning television, both both at the same time. Yeah. It was... It was so hard to watch, like... Mm. Yeah. And I was... You know, I've had my problems with Jamie over the course of the show. Right. I would never have guessed that I would watch this episode and be concerned about the way that Jamie is being treated by the show. Mm. But it really seemed like he was uh, being the butt of a joke. I think this this scene where he was showing a lot of affection and a lot of concern for his male friend um, was played in a somewhat homophobic uh, or at least like you know, uh, uh, male affection uh, is the something we should laugh at. There was, like, circus music playing. That I was going to say spooky circus music. Right. Yeah. And and also just seemed like, and, you know, obviously there is, like, there's psychological help available to these people and we have to trust that they are able to access that care and the reason we don't hear that much about it is because of privacy and that sort of thing. But also it seemed so much like he was... Uh, like zoo animal that wasn't being fed or whatever. Like you know, he yeah. was in a really bad situation, and his actual needs were being disregarded. Yeah, completely. The only thing that I sort of, I was really interested to see how the rest of the uh, contestants sort of viewed that situation because obviously, from an outside perspective, we're seeing it through whatever lens. But they're the one who they're the ones who know him best, and and they sort of mm. see the whole picture. And the fact that they were sort of joking and laughing about it, and all of them were like, "Yeah, he's all the way up. It's a two kilometer walk." Like, haha. And in the yeah. little POVs, it's like it was like five of them telling story as well. It was like Cass yeah. said her piece, and then Mary had a little right. thing, and then Britt had a laugh about it. I was like, oh, maybe it is a funny situation that's yeah. we're meant to feel. Are we meant to feel bad for him? Is this sort of some redemption? I don't know. I almost felt like production like after the fact or you know editing stuff or whatever after the fact felt kind of bad about what happened and so they tried to sprinkle in as much like positive feedback on what happened and people trying to make it feel like it was okay yeah so that it would feel a bit more palatable to the audience yeah like at some point i think brick called him like a wally or something to mm. that same extent where it's like oh he's a big silly silly goof. old jamie up to his old but it's like but he was like genuine like you could tell how he was yeah he was distressed and Oh, when that producer comes in right at the end and is like, Jamie, he's gone. It was a misunderstanding. Like, right as he's at the end of the gate, as he's about to board this bus in the background, I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. It's like, so it's, I want to illustrate, like, exactly as you said before, that two things can exist at exactly the same time. Like, the show is setting Jamie up to be laughed at. And indeed, like, we've laughed at him on the show. We've laughed at him on this podcast. uh, And... I think that Jamie is trying to be good, you know, and mm. I think that he might not have the um, the world's best socio-emotional vocabulary, and I think that's fine, you know, like, those two things can exist at the same time, and it's on us to see that and understand it and not, you know, make excuses for bad behavior, but also to be sensitive to the way that that information affects the way that we process all Jamie and his mm. many, many 
complexities. Well, there's also like a huge amount of pressure on him in this environment to, I mean, th- from both sides, either yeah. to have a redemptive arc and make himself seem better, right? But also probably from producers who are like, "Hey, we invited him on so that he could be the bad guy." Probably, mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot of characters or people like this on this show who maybe like Abby, who like probably got invited on Paradise without the best of intentions probably they were hoping that they would cause conflict right um or you know be involved in conflict or that their appearance there would make other people upset uh and yeah you i i mean i ended up really feeling for the guy for probably the first time i'd be interested to know what you guys think of the way that and it was interesting you brought that comparison with abby is that i think what differs between the two of them and perhaps the way that they understand their place in the show is emotional intelligence and also does age play a role as well because abby is obviously only she's 24 she probably knows how reality tv works she knows that she's got this adoring audience as well this social audience so when she gets out she's going to be cool and sweet and jamie it's like as well as a lot of the online commentary about you know he's a 40 year old man he should not be dealing with emotions like this like do you think that sort of plays into his emotional intelligence in this way as well of, of knowing how he's going to look. I don't know. Like I, I, I feel like in that moment you're out of control, you know, um, you're maybe not thinking about how you're going to look on the TV when you are having such a, such a strong reaction to what, uh, in normal circumstances might be, uh, like not that much of a trigger, so to speak. But I did, read a post that Jamie's made public on his his personal Facebook page where he talks about what a difficult year 2019 was for him. You know, like he lost his job and then all the Bachelor stuff happened and he was having a really hard time. And I think that you can sort of see some of the cracks start to happen here. And when he is captured by that producer, you're exactly right, Dave. It's like he's one of the, like, the fucking Sydney orangutans who got away from the vasectomy earlier in the year. Like... <laughs> They were baboons, Max. They were yeah. baboons. Oh, fuck. Did I? <laughs> oh, my God. I even have written, like, he's the paradise version of the vasectomy v- v- baboon. Fuck me. Um, <laughs> Everything you just said, just down the drain. Like yeah. Baboon. The whole thing's gone. Honestly, you should leap. I'm a marsupial so. expert, and I can tell you <laughs> it was a baboon. <laughs> Uh, like it's just like I just felt so much compassion for Jamie in that moment where I was like you beautiful sweet man this is so like I just like I just felt really emotional for for a person who is a, a controversial figure in this world but in that moment I was like man like I I see what's happening here and I hate it you know and it's it's also interesting this is a bit of a sidebar but I've seen him being reclaimed by other members of the Bachelor cast over the last, uh, you know, six to eight months or whatever. Mm. Like, I went to that event, I think, right at the start of the year, maybe, um, that, like, bushfire charity function. Um, And he was there, and he was, like, arm-in-arm with all of the rest of the cast. And I was like, I can't fucking believe this. This guy was such a bastard. Like, why why is he having, you know, why is he best friends with everybody? And now I'm like, well... You know, uh, that was probably after Paradise uh, uh, shot. Yeah. And word probably travels around those circles that uh, he's actually a real human being. I mean, right. I imagine that was probably the case to begin with. Yeah. You know, I reflect on it. But, yeah. Um, so now let's circle back to the T 
Tim side of things because he's not leaving either. Instead, what he needs is a head pat from his mummy. Yeah, mm. so before this happens, there's obviously the conversation. So everyone's stormed from the Buller Banquet at this stage or all the key players are, are separate separated and Jamie is on the little lounge he's had this conversation with Tim Tim's like I'm leaving I'm storming I've packed my bags he and Brittany Jamie and Brittany have this conversation Jamie's pleading with Brittany that uh he she has to go get Tim you have to you have to talk to him you have to tell him he can't go and she I just love the expression of her face you can just see she's like fucking hell really yeah she's like I have to deal with (sighs) so she like grabs her wine glass walks off (laughs) To deal with it. And he's just obviously distraught on this uh, day bed or, or, or whatnot. And, ha- yes. and and it's left to Brit to go pick up the pieces and fix it. This is kind of, this is, yeah, like both men are so incompetent in this moment. And Brittany like is just grabbing her wine and walking off like a fucking boss <laughs> as the world burns behind her. And like, I just like under her breath in much the same way that Abby said that Jake Ellis was boring last week. <laughs> like I was truly expecting her to just be like fucking idiots and then just like take Tim in and she pats his head but it's at this time that she realizes that hey she kind of has feelings for Tim which Mm. I don't know like I don't know what brings what about that brings that out but it is like interesting that the idea that she might lose this man that she's grown attached to is what propagates a deeper emotional connection in spite of everything that uh that played out over the course of the Buller Banquet. Yeah, and they're sitting there. Brittany's stroking his hair, which looks a little bit gross after all that paddleboarding. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, and then she's like, and in this moment, you know, it's when I really realised, and then that's when you sort of realise as well, oh, Tim's got no consequences for this. Okay, yeah. cool. Mm. So he's not going to yeah. leave. He's not losing that part of the show. Brit's going to forgive him here. He's still got Kieran. They're still the big dogs of the mansion. They're still the alphas. Cool. Yep. And the show is supposed, like, by this time next week, what's going to happen is that we'll get exactly the same confessional from Tim that we used to get, where it's like, ah, I did a fucking bleh. Naughty and boy. Then, yeah, exactly, yeah. right? And we'll- I decided to put the thongs on my hands and walk around on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I laughed at that. that you got me. Do it. Yeah. It's like, and I would laugh at it, but the show is just well, it's like. It's better than putting. Bloody Doc Martens on your hands and walking around on them, let me tell you. Get bloody blisters on your hands. No, thank you. How many times do you think uh, I could do that, Jack? I don't... I don't, don't want to know. Let's see. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the show's going to be like, you love him, you forgive him, and probably we will. I'm holding this grudge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say, like, probably the majority of viewers will. I think it's maybe more what you mean. And maybe we will, like, silently hover our But it's just, about it. it's because he's hot and charming and blokey. Like, that's yeah. literally it. It's like Jamie yep. also, like, has this storm off moment. Obviously, Tim doesn't, well, Tim does get quite emotional, but maybe not to the extent of Jamie. But yeah. if Jamie was young, hot, had long hair and was a bit taller, then, like, it'd probably be the same result. Right, 100%. And I think he is filling a need in the Australian pub, not to go too deep on this or whatever, but like we were so collectively disappointed by the Honey Badger. And I yeah. think Tim like is such like uh, the exact same sort of like jigsaw puzzle that is the same shape but a different color, but you can just jam it in there and be like, okay. Literally. And he's like, I don't usually go for guys like this. Oh, <laughs> yeah, when she said that, I was like, uh, um. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I don't profess to know the rest of your dating history, but like yeah. we've seen some of it. Like this dude could get a tradie undies 
<laughs> contract if he wanted it. Like this second, he I would give just him, have to call them up. I give him a year. Yeah. 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 Right. And then it'll like, I can just see like the two of them in the one ad together. And it'll be like the Spider-Man meme where they look at each other yeah. and she's going to be at home sipping on her wine They're and like, doing uh, exactly the same thing where she's just like, fucking. Except that Tim's like, I put the undies on my hands and I'm walking around. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we leave it. That's where we finish with Tim and Brit. It is time. Finally, let's reward ourselves with something nice, which is Alicia and Greg and also three other men. Hold the show. When he said something nice, I was like raking my brain. I was like, what was the nice thing? (laughs) I think I had a nice dinner that night. Well, Just nice fish, apparently. Apparently, there's nice fish at the Buller Banquet. (laughs) So, we're introduced to this woman named Anthea. Uh (laughs) And it's very odd because she looks like our good friend, Alicia. Mm -hmm. She talks like her. They behave similarly. What's her surname? Mm. Wait, I don't know. Are you just gonna faking? There you go. Faking bad, bad turn. Enter Alicia. <laughs> All right, making her the second. Bit is over. <laughs> making her second trip to paradise. What's to be said here? We love her. Danny and I, like sitting in the bed watching the show. She comes on the TV. We're both like up in arms, clapping and cheering. It yep. was so yep. nice to see her back on the TV. She is such a glowing, radiant, not just persona. As soon as you see her, she's always smiling, laughing, happy. She like you know that she gets it. You know that there's going to be no nonsense. She's just there, good time. She's out of fine love. And she is also, like, the angel of this series. Right, 100%. Like, they are like, okay, we're not fucking with you. Like, yeah. you went through a lot last time. We're going to talk about that. You also got the most incredible glow up last time where you went from, like, uh, kind of perceived to be a villain character to turning into a real person whose emotions and relationship we care about. Uh, and now this time it's like... The heavens above have opened up and Alicia is coming down to greet us and she's going to smile and she's going to, like, look incredible and she's going to get an instant crush on a man named Greg. Right, right, and that's what happens. And she'll be rewarded with three other men as well. (laughs) Yeah, it's almost in that moment like she's Osha's co-host. Like, when you see them, it's like, you've got this task, and she's like, alrighty, here we go, I know what to do. Yeah, I've got my little scavenger hunt. Let's let's get it. (laughs) She's, like, she's just seasoned at TV at Mm. this point, and what happens exactly as you say she walks in and seated at the right hand of the mother is this beautiful blonde bombshell called Greg Smith. Is that his real surname? Yes. Wow. Oh, yes, man, I is. thought he couldn't get more generic. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, he's hot and he's nice and he's tall and we've seen him already it be emotionally be responsible. He has, he has been here the whole time. He's been here the whole time. <laughs> he's gone we've paddle boarding him- once. Yes. Yeah, look, we've we've seen him. Did he have a bit of a thing with Helen with Helena? Yes, Helena. I think it was supposed to play out that Eleanor and Greg were supposed to go on a date at some point, but then Jake got involved, and all of a sudden Jake Ellis and Eleanor were maybe Jake Eleanor were maybe going to be a thing, <laughs> and Greg is left out here as a free agent for Alicia, and we get good from the get-go you know it seems as good as gold we hear that greg is interested we know that alicia is interested but first we have to meet these three little blind mice and <laughs> osha arrives to take alicia away from her margie and towards this faction of fucks what do we do here honestly i'm so glad that alicia was the one to 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 take them on board, take oh, them yeah. under her wing. And also I think it was really nicely done to have 
Uh, maybe the fact that they weren't the most interesting trio to have. Sorry, but to have that play out maybe as like, oh, she's not that interested in them because she's got Greg waiting. Right. Uh, whereas yeah. if that weren't the case, it might just be like that donkey donk music that they play with, you know, yeah. some dud conversations <laughs> about yeah. real estate. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Yes. Okay. We've. I mean, there's so much here. There's a man called Chris. Um, there he is. Prefers. Yeah, he prefers going by Gilly. Um, which I'm here for. We'll go with Hollow Gilly. <laughs> I didn't catch that. I didn't either until the rose ceremony. No, it was until they showed. He said something, and it was like Chris brackets Gilly, which is when you know a nickname is really taking off when you have yeah, to yeah. put it in brackets next to your name. <laughs> <laughs> I would also like to start going by Gilly from now on, if that's fine. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there's also a second Tim here who gets eliminated And I'm not going to talk about him anymore The show and- could not handle Because <laughs> they had to there's say in the rose Tim. ceremony When when T-I-double-M gets his rose yeah. They had to say Tim H <laughs> And then my partner Evie was like Is there another Tim? <laughs> like he's been here all episode He's been here for a while And then there's Connor who I Look I was trying so hard not to judge a book by its cover And I wrote a really mean joke about Connor Okay can I just say that we did actually judge him by his cover A number of times <laughs> on our social media uh, Look that's yes. true but when the episode aired I was like oh I can't I Clean can't. slate let's be Clean nice slate. And then Connor absolutely bailed us out Because he got so fucking sunburnt That I had to throw everything <laughs> out and start again Oh my god okay can we Can this be the part where we talk about sunburn in this episode yes. Please okay because Please. I literally I had a whole subsection of notes about this okay so jake has quite a bit of sunburn when he has his date with eleanor which is boring but he uh-huh. is looking a bit crispy glenn We've seen sunburnt jake a handful of times before he has not <laughs> no glenn uh has some significant backburn that i noticed mm. and then mm. i so those it was jake is looking red glenn backburn and then in all capitals connor on his chest because ah! <laughs> boy oh boy How, what happened <laughs> it's it's like- they were under a cabana their whole Date with the four yeah. of them. So I- yeah, so these men have never been involved with the franchise before, and never has it been more obvious than when we cut to Connor in confessional, and just from the neck down, <laughs> he is the colour of a beetroot. You know what? Like, Connor found the weirdest way to out himself as the Pink Panther. <laughs> You know, like, Connor is a steak cooked rare served with a side of terrible shirt. Keep going. Connor's hit song So What from the album Funhouse spent four weeks atop the Aria charts in 2008. That's my favourite. That's it. Uh, Connor is an oinky grunter who eats slop from a trough and his relationship with Farmer Hoggett should be described as tenuous at best. <laughs> that one's about me. Ouch. <laughs> uh, I also have a list of funny things that people said in the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting Facebook group. Sure. Oh dear. Ellen says, "What? Why are you gonna be so white?" Uh, Casey says, "Is this three versions of the same guy?" Vanessa says, "This is the same man." Caitlin says, "Fuck, this is boring." <laughs> Sarah says, "God, Channel Ten, if you're going to send nobodies to Fiji, then send me to lie in the sun and try to smooch ladies." That was the thing. It's like I was really confused by this choice of three mm. forgettable guys. Like, no offense, like nothing yeah. wrong with forgettable. There was nothing. There was nothing uh, objectively wrong. Haven't got bad. a bad word to say about not a, a bad word, but I don't have a word except for sunburn. Right. Like, <laughs> that's. It, I. I was just like, if you want to like stir up something exciting, bring in. Where are the hot people? Like, get them in there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Whether it be this is your opportunity to have people. I mean, we don't know. I mean, maybe they are like all gay, and we'll find out in the next few days. I don't think so. 
but you know, like there there are ways that you can do this thing where you cast random people, and it can be maybe. Uh, Make them random people from other shows. Make them yeah. random. Like it was just like they are random, and that I don't think is enough of an exciting twist. That it's just like they've never been on the show. Have before. one of them be like secretly a robot. One of them is a talking dog. Yep. And one of them has like three eyeballs or something. You know, like if we're well, okay, that's maybe a different show, but I would watch that one. Oh, <laughs> they're all like, oh yeah, I don't know. It just it was just so. Clearly, from when that press shot came out, it was so clear what the re- result was going to be. It was just landing with a fucking thud. <laughs> it just like, I, and like, I feel so sorry for their social media team where they're like, we're going to roll out this picture and they know what the result's going to be, but they have to do it because this is the decision that the show has made. Mm. And here we go, and it absolutely happened. It was just like, they all of these men were roasted in more than just a literal sense. Mm. And can I say, <laughs> God Almighty, can I just say, as someone who did used to work in reality TV, social media over here, yes. that those moments are both the days where you're like, hell yeah, and also like, oh God, because it really is like, oh, you know that these three guys are sitting at home really excited for their moment in the sun. Ah. <laughs> Wasn't as Thank good you. as yours. But then, yeah, you just preempt that you know what's going to happen. I feel a bit bad as well because I, like, immediately when the, the press po- photo got posted and they were all tagged in it on Instagram, I was like, cool, three people who have never been on the show before, I'm going to get in on the ground floor, I'm going to see how many followers they have right now, and I'm going to see how many followers they have after their episode airs. Right. And so, you know, there's one of them that I think, I, I think his name's Connor, who's like, you know, the most featured one. There's another one who I'm sure has a name. And then there's the other one who I don't, I don't believe he actually exists. And I may have imagined him. Gillian Tim. Okay. The, but okay. And I'm being a little disrespectful, but the one of them, and I don't know if <laughs> one of them had about 150 followers yep. to begin with. Ooh, and then I checked back and it had barely climbed an inch. I was just like, yikes, this whole thing has just been a failure. Like, I hope that he has some fun memories from this time. As we said, literally haven't got a bad word to say about him. I'm sure he was great. It, it didn't seem to be up anyone's alley. It was probably a weird thing for all of them to experience. Yeah. Because as they joined the group, everyone's like, wait, are you... Wait, I don't, I didn't, I don't think I've seen that. That was quite funny. Or- yeah. The, what show were you on? Yeah. What's such the- a fascinating question. Yeah, Brittany sort of being like, excuse us! What season <laughs> were you? Excuse me! <laughs> <laughs> but then they all had to say it like, for, like, wouldn't they do it in a more organized way of being like, yes, men, welcome. What seasons wait? Oh, you want? Oh, but instead yeah. it was like they were all talking to it was this big like gangle of people. It was and like then- seagulls, yeah. don't you think? Like, I think it's especially interesting because I don't think we're going to have any international people in this season, uh-huh. which is something that we've come to get used to from the last couple. Um, and it, it's kind of. I mean, it's kind of fortuitous to not have international travel waved in our face uh, at this point in time. But also, like, I think that's why everyone's asking, because they're like, oh, I guess I've never watched, like, Bachelor Thailand, or, like, I think there's now a version in the Netherlands or something. Right. Like, they're like, oh, I'm expecting this to be a regular thing. And they're like, no, no, no. Uh, This is, yeah, we've completely... I am simply some guy. I may know someone (laughs) on the staff, or... The connection remains a complete mystery. I'm dying to find out how this happened. Yeah, I don't know... I was also going to say, by this stage, speaking of new guys, 
have we gotten to the point where there has been one of the wildest entrances of all time of oh the God. other new guy <laughs> in which somebody, I think it's Eleanor, says, it looked like there was a moving boy out in the ocean, which looks like seven kilometres out to sea. And I was like, oh, it's just Tim has fallen off his paddleboard. But no, yeah. no, no, no. It is uh, Aquaman. <laughs> Emerging yeah. from yeah. the yeah, ocean. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, because they've got these incredibly like 4K Ultra HD cameras and they're zoomed within an inch of their life onto the furthest reaches of the horizon. <laughs> it's like that shot in Lawrence of Arabia where like there's a man on a camel, but you think it's just a mirage. And it was I've coming in horizontally. Cinema. Was he dropped in off a boat? Was he at the other island? Like, I want to know right. all of the logistics of this situation. Also fortunate that they caught him when he was so far off because what if he did this big, long swim and they only saw him when he got on the beach? Oh, I was obsessed. I, know. I was he obsessed was... with that moment. And he looked phenomenal when he was doing it, didn't oh, yeah. he? Damn. Funnily enough, he's one of the less sunburned people, despite the fact that they seem to have dropped him like at the center of the ocean and had him paddle for like three days to reach land. Yeah, so this man's name is, uh, his name's Alex McKinnon. Uh, he was on the last season of The Bachelorette. He got next to no time. There's He gets a confessional about it. And then that's kind of also he's, where we leave him. He's famous for being in the background there are so many articles that are like we have uncovered uh, this hidden man who is hiding in the bachelor <laughs> like he's in the cast i do remember that moment because yeah i had dipped out of angie season by that point and so i i but i do remember in the in the pop culture realm that there was this mystery man who seemed to be popping up in backs of scenes of that show when it happened to be a contestant who had made it that far <laughs> right um, but yeah, he also doesn't really get much camera time in this either. So I'm like, why what what are we doing, doing this? Yeah. What are you doing here? I feel confident that he will have a bit more time because like we, we could say the same thing about Greg for the first two episodes, right? Sure. And now he is a prominent cast member, I would say. Um, so things could be about to change. Yeah, by the end of that episode, there's sort of, or, or is it when he enters when it hints about how Renee sort of might be a little bit interested, but then yeah. Kieran's a friend of his. So that also could potentially play out. There's a lot of stuff to come. Abby, can we ask you a little bit more? Are you allowed to talk about uh, your social media moderating history for reality television? Sure. Sure sure thing. What happened and what did you learn? Um, so I'm sure that I can... I mean, I, it's not a big deal. I used to work at uh, Channel 7 and so I moderated shows like uh, My Kitchen Rules and, mm-hmm. and uh, House Rules and Dance Boss, which was a personal favourite of mine hosted by Danny Minogue. Um, but, yeah, it's like it, it's, it's tense. It's crazy to see how people get so hooked and so invested in these in these shows and uh and also how it's very blatant that people tend to go for the the nasty fights drama that sort of stuff is is what Mm. performs really well for those audiences which is i don't know unsurprising because we're sitting here talking about it but yeah right exactly Mm. you know they're the hooks uh and it's what people like to see because we're curious creatures and we uh, we love watching other people fight and standing around in a circle going fight 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 hey, except hey. now it happens on the internet. I was going to say curious creatures like the koala, which uh, indeed uh, take they- it away. <laughs> I, have no, I have no evidence to back that up. That's all I got. <laughs> I don't actually think they are that curious. They are we marsupials though. That's they are. true. Yep. Um, Check mate. That's all I got. Blinky. Uh-huh. Nutsy. 
Chlamydia? Splodge the kangaroo. Chlamydia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. Let's get back to Alicia, though. No, I was still her? going with the koala thing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Eucalyptus. Um, uh, Alicia's, no, Alicia's not connecting with any of these koalas. How about that? We can no, say that. No. Um, she's but she gets the most incredible edit. This sequence where she is on a date with the three of them, but then like a thought bubble pops up and it's Glenn. Oh, who? give that editor a who? million dollars. Yeah, who's in the thought bubble? Did I see Greg? Greg. Greg. Yeah. That's his name. That's, That's his, his name. name. Oh, That's my God. Right. so embarrassing. Yes. What we see is that Greg kind of is, is having it for Alicia as well. And the way that it manifests is that he now takes it upon himself to break up with Eleanor before he even has had a chance to have a real conversation with Alicia. And he does it really responsibly. He does it again. You know, we see him break up with Eleanor like he is a human adult, which mm-hmm. I also just want to set that against the backdrop of him communicating openly and responsibly and last season uh Jules communicating like a fucking Teletubby oh, oh my god. god and they do show that little montage as well of Jules and and that mm. famous quote of him being like we're mates that also kiss and that's yeah. a thing which is just the <laughs> grimy like if that's your little supercut of coming from a reality tv show you must be mm. so so mm. disappointed in yourself but uh yeah it's it's definitely juxtaposed <laughs> between between the two of them between Greg and Jules would be great if at the mention of Jules, they just show him showing his butt tattoo. That's the only <laughs> clip. Jules, you remember him? Quick cut. <laughs> butt tattoo. Max, also, I just want to quickly pull you up on uh, the communicating like a Teletubby. Because um, obviously they're not that vocally communicative, but they do have a very sophisticated television in their tummy. Oh. So. Okay. Uh, Checkmate, atheists. <laughs> Punch me up here. What, 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 doesn't, what doesn't communicate good? Um, communicating like a... Hmm. A kookaburra? No, that's not a marsupial. Fuck off. <laughs> I don't know why I'm trying to step up to the marsupial game when we have such an expert present. Exactly. Communicating like a wombat because they have to sn- smell things uh, to yes. c- communicate. Snell is what is what is where you're going with that. Snell <laughs> yeah, we're going with that. I'm so stressed out right now. Me <laughs> too. <laughs> Alicia and Greg end up getting some time together uh, and it really seems like sparks are flying. They're mutually attracted to each other. Alicia wants to jump Greg's bones and she only, uh, you know, makes the mistake of calling him by the name Glenn one time. What a weird flub. What a silly little moment that was. I cringed with every fibre of my being. And and the way he's just like, <laughs> it happens all the time. I'm like, I am so sure it does. Because it didn't yeah. seem to affect him at all. No, it doesn't. It just right, right over his head. But it, the way that it affects Alicia as well, and that would be a hundred percent me in that situation where the person's gone, "Oh, it's fine. It's cool. It happens all the time." And you're like, "No, no, 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 it does no, it not. Doesn't. Let's double back around. It's the worst <laughs> thing to ever happen." This. Yeah, exactly. And and it results in now us completely talking about it and only calling him by Greg. <laughs> Call him by his name, you know? Uh, And Alicia and Greg do indeed end up on a date. And it was originally intended, I should say, for uh, Litany and new arrival Connor, the real estate agent. Fuck, this is weird, hey. Yeah. So, uh, let's just set this up. Um, Litany is supposed to go on a date with Connor. Connor asks Litany on her first ever bachelor date. And good for Connor. That's nice. They both work in real estate. They got some stuff in common. And then... All of a sudden, she gets mad gastro. She is puking up a storm. Oh man! And 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 before that happens, it's the ad break where Osha says, 
uh, is a love bug infecting paradise or another type of bug, which is then followed by the most aggressive and violent sounds of vomiting. I could not believe that they oh left goodness. the sound of litany vomiting in there. Like, I, I'm not someone who gets grossed out very easily, but even by the end, I was like, oh. Yeah. It seemed to me Ooh. like it was maybe like 45 minutes worth of puking just rolled into like a 10 second chunk. <laughs> yeah, it was like a. Playing uh, looping on oh, top of itself. Chunk is the wrong word to use. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was a Frankenbite of vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it, uh, oh, so obviously Litany has to self-isolate for 14 days and wear a mask, the whole bit. Um, Everyone's like, big mood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, we all know what it's like. And instead, Greg and Alicia get to go on this date instead, and we're really getting oily. Greg is like, I've prepared something for us to do. Like, they weren't quite cop <laughs> to the fact that they're literally just going, like, they're like, well, we have a reservation. Someone has to use it. <laughs> Can you imagine Connor on this date? Oh, I can't imagine uh, Connor. <laughs> oh, I just want to see Litney on this date. Yeah, True. that's it. Like, she would be incredible on this yeah. date. Like, put her on this date wrapped in a banana leaf with this man called Connor, who we don't know. No. What's our emotional attachment to this banana leaf man? Here's the thing, though. I think we've seen what that date would be uh-huh. before. Which is like, they're laughing through it. It's super awkward. They're like, we're not really. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if we. <laughs> but what we actually get is this like kind of pretty intimate, like two people like really suddenly seeming to connect pretty well and like yeah. fully going for it. Like neither of them is like shying out of it. They're making sure each other is comfortable and that kind of thing. But they're like, we're actually on this date. Like, let's do it. You know, let's go. Let's and touch some body parts. That's Ooh. what happens. They oil each other up. They do the SPFs with the sunscreen. And finally, it's such a responsible <laughs> scene. Can you Ooh, imagine if someone still produces and they're replacing the oil bottles with <laughs> banana boat in there? <laughs> And, uh, yeah, Glenn is uh, going heavy, not only on the sunscreen, but also Greg is uh, going heavy, uh, not only on the sunscreen, but also the communication here, Uh, which we love to fucking see. He says, this butterflies in my stomach, looking in her eyes. I've never felt these things before in my life. I'm so happy in this moment. What a fucking genuine boy. Yeah, Mm. it was very cute. But I've got to say that he, because there was this big emphasis on, you know, Greg, he's saying all the right things. He's doing the right things. He's communicating well. But my theory, if I'm playing devil's advocate, is that he Please. says the right thing, but he just says the same right thing like a couple times. And so oh, he's not saying the wrong thing, but I did clock that he says, when you walked in, I knew I had to do something about three times. So, like, <laughs> it's not the wrong thing, but I think he just slides in the same, like, really cute, adorable, romantic lines. And yeah. Alicia's, like, loving it. Of course, he would be. But, uh... I think, yeah. like, Alicia has enough charisma for the two of them. And I 100%. think Greg seems like a pretty solid and good dude. He is not, like, what you would picture in your mind as a reality TV show character. Um, he is kind of just, like, a guy. Uh, would you, uh, Max, you're making a face like you he was. So, he was my winner pick for last season of The Bachelor based only on his bio. Um, I don't and, remember the bio. So, uh... It was like, I mean, all the buyers were, were pretty condensed, but I looked at a hot, tall, blonde dude who was like self-deprecating and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, I can see it. And I, I feel like uh, what we've seen of Greg so far is that he's been pretty like 
pretty reasonable and pretty... I mean, like, all of the other women call him the most eligible bachelor on the island. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why aren't any of you do? What are you... What's going on? Because... Why are you making that move? Nice guys finish last, guys. Don't you know that? If you've got oh, good communication oh, skills, shit. the ladies want nothing to do with you. Girls want, want the bad boys. bad boys. They want the b- 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 bad boys. They want bad boys for life. They want bad boys with rock pool shoes, okay? Don't get it twisted. Rock pool shoes is a not bad triple J on earth rap name. I was going to say band name, rap name. Yeah. Yeah. Fully. Uh, Bad boy in we'll the rock pool shoes. <laughs> <laughs> now we've gone into unearthed high territory. Hell yeah. Um, I was going to say that sounds like a young adult novel. <laughs> um, but still, you know, Alicia uh, has her wits about her. Like, I think, uh, like you, maybe she's picked up on this thing that Glenn said the same thing three times. Uh, and maybe uh, she ends up deciding that the reason that he said it three times is because he means it. But at the very, very least, she's like being pretty wily as they settle on in on the couch being like, we've got the chemistry, but I need to know if there's something more and something deeper yeah and uh it really seems like there might be i feel like i i don't know i it's a pretty I like fucking this. strong start yeah and that's the thing it's like it is their first date so if that whole right. deep connection isn't there right away that's probably uh normal uh maybe not yeah. by bachelor in paradise standards where they're not saying i love you by the end of their banana leaf wrapped massage <laughs> but like by, by regular time standards i feel like having that sort of conversation after meeting someone for the first time and going on a date is pretty solid. Right. And the point at which Alicia's like, uh, and we'll have three kids. Oh. And- <laughs> <laughs> Immediately clocks what she's doing though. And is like, yeah. Oh no, yeah, no, yeah. no. Yeah. If you didn't know Alicia and I think there were a couple of people watching um, in the group chat that I'm in who weren't really familiar with her. Right. They were just like, I instantly get the vibe of this person. I instantly completely relate to her and I instantly really like her. Like, it's just such a, a glorious like hour of TV for her. Mm. Yeah. Um, the the B plot in this episode or these episodes, I guess, is everything that goes on with Litany. Uh, I want to cover that off before we can just sort of name check the rest of them mm. at the end. Uh, and it's all about what's going on with her and Jamie and then her and Connor. So, um, the first note that I've taken here is Jamie has found a hat. Remember when all we had to care about was Jamie's hat? I wish. I remember those days well. There were better days. (laughs) We didn't know. So basically what happens at the very, very start here is that Jamie's organized a date for himself and for Litany. He says he wants to explore things a little more to see if there's more than friendship. And Brittany is stoked. She's assuming that this is more than friendship. And then like they're lying there on the beach, they're drinking their champagnes. And she's like, I like you. I think you're amazing. You're nice. You're honest. You're trustworthy. And Jamie is like, have you ever watched one of those fishing shows and they catch a trout? (laughs) You know, and the trout just sort of like flops on a boat. Oh, and the fisherman's doing all they can to get this trout. Yeah. They are pulling out all the stops. They are they they're doing the licking of the lips. They're telling the trout right, a doing secret. The full trout pout. They're doing yes. the full trout pout. They're saying they're doing a bit of a giggle to the trout, and the trout's just like off the boat. It is on the seat. I don't know fishing, but uh, the trout's like, I want none of what you have for me. The trout's like, you're such a good friend. <laughs> Fisherman, <laughs> I love this Trout friendship. Says, How are your volleyball skills? <laughs> it was, it was such a oh man! It just uh, there was a 
TikTok <laughs> that I saw the other day that was a real like how uh, straight people on dates communicate. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the other person's like, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. And at one point it was like that was their whole conversation of him going, right. yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then her going, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just I looking. I do think so. I do agree with yes. Uh, and I was just, oh, it was so uncomfy to watch. It reminded me like exactly as you say, like that TikTok, but also the internet video of um from from years ago where the guy uh describes his reaction talking to a friend who's in the wrong and he's yes like, totally agree babes oh yes a hundred percent 100 oh my god and that yes and you mm-hmm. also mm, yes oh <laughs> and if he had have just said that no yeah i know yeah yeah, yeah. and that's the thing is that uh yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. One hundred percent. It was just like there was oh, absolutely fabulous. no commute. Like they were on not even different pages. Like different different libraries. They had uh, Jamie was I don't know what was going on in his brain or what he thought was happening. Brittany was like, "We are on a date. I like you. I'm gonna kiss you." We are you. going to do the kissing now. Pretty straightforward narrative. And then uh, yeah, I'm just so con- I'm so continually perplexed by Jamie. Right. It's also like baffling sitting here on the outside being like this she's trying to she's trying to do the kissing yeah you know or at least just have a conversation yeah but they mm. couldn't even get to that stage so we dropped the storyline until much later in the show we talked about connor giving litany the date card and then she gets fiji gastro she's britney she's litany she's oh. she a very sick woman yeah um <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually she like makes her triumphant return after being sick in the cabana all day and she looks I thought she looked green. Yeah, honestly, too early. Like she's like <laughs> Stay in the I'm just not sure. Yeah, yeah, she's like I'm just not sure like what's going on at the rose ceremony. Like I just want to make sure all my ducks are in a row. I'm like, girl, please. You no one's sending you home. Like just Yeah. Ducks not even a, a fucking marsupial. Yeah. Babes. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not <laughs> yeah. it's a Bird. Wow. <laughs> That's right. She also knows about birds. She knows what about not, the birds. Oh, what, what is not a marsupial? Not <laughs> strongly. Um, but the- marsupial or not marsupial, it's the game that's sweeping the nation. Exactly, and I know the answers. And the answer to uh, that was bird. Uh, but this this whole narrative again came up like a little earlier where when Connor asked Brittany out on that date, it's like, oh, Jamie, like you know, it's your girl, like, it's your missus, it's your, you know, what are you going to do? He's taken this, your woman, and it's like, oh, it's just... Does she not have agency? Yeah, she's just this possession that's, like, thrown from, you know, volleyballed to volleyballed from one... She's one one of everyone's women. (laughs) Exactly. Mm. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, they're at the cocktail party... Uh, Brittany talks it out with Jamie and she's like, I'm going to give you my rose. It seems like you and I are going to be a thing. She fobs Connor off. And then there's like all this, the most Frankenbitten dialogue that I've heard on the show where they're struggling so hard to like, to find some dramatic tension at that rose ceremony. Mm. Because I think what's probably happened is that Connor and Mary have struck up a bit of a bond beforehand. And when Connor receives Mary's rose it's supposed to come as this like shock oh my god but Brittany was gonna give him her rose Mm. and Jamie was gonna go home but I don't think that that was uh what was happening at all at most you get like a oh okay 
Right, right. Mm. And, like, uh, the way that it's stitched together in terms of, like, the dialogue, there's just so many... There's so much phrasing that's out of place where it's just, like, this isn't what happened. This isn't even remotely close to being what happened on that night, I don't think. Yeah, and that's the thing is because the stakes are so low with these three guys that you have no idea about, it's, like... Right. Honestly... Like, Eleanor could have picked one of them and it's – you're kind of like, oh, well, you know, there's not that many viable dude options. So, it's not yes. as though she's picking him because she's madly in love with him. In the same way that Mary picking uh, Connor was like, mm. oh, it's – your choices are sort of limited. It almost feels like they're placed in there with the expectation that someone is really going to want to chuck out someone else. Like, everyone right. expects that so-and-so is going to give – you know, uh, Tim arose, and then, shock, it went to Tim. You know? <laughs> uh, but I don't think that really happens. Right. Like, they don't, it doesn't line up that way, because, I mean, partially because Jake just bails. That's... Which I guess we should talk about. Yeah, that's the, the last thing that really is of significance in this episode. Jake realises that he's still in love with Megan Marks, and decides, you know what, fuck it. I'm going. He went on a date with Eleanor. It was uneventful. And he really like, I mean, I guess he takes out the time uh, or I guess he takes the time to call out Naranga and Cass and Jamie and Brittany for exchanging quote unquote friendship roses Hmm. uh, on his way out. I guess that I had a little bit more, a little bit more time for Jake his second time in paradise around. Sure. He wasn't actively really fucking anybody over. No. Um, he wasn't being... Well, that's the bar. <laughs> well, I mean... Um, yeah, I've kind of had my problems with Jake, although he's not necessarily one of the worst people no, in this show. No, he's not. He's not. But um, we've just been shown so many worse people that I question whether or not that I'm just desensitized to mm. him or whether he's just, like, grown up over the last three years and that's also fine. I'm also so curious to see now what happens with him and Megan because, like, sure. was... I mean, they don't really touch on what their communications were before he went in, but, like, is Megan watching this at home being like, what the hell? Like, are they together now? What happened when he left? I have an update on that <gasps> if you would like one. Oh, my gosh. But before you get to it, the thing I was going to say is when uh, when Jake and Eleanor are on their date and he's talking about how much he misses Me- Megan and when just before the rose ceremony, it's this, it's this cut of, of him talking to everyone saying, I love Megan, I'm in, I'm in love with my ex, I want to see my ex. Do you think that if it was a woman talking about how much she wants her ex, it would have been played out with like the donkey donk music like yeah 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 yeah. and instead of it's it's like oh it's so romantic he knows what love is it's yeah but i feel like it would have been like this crazy psycho girl who wants her ex uh it would have been a completely different narrative i thought that was quite interesting yes jake and megan watch the show together as a couple no one's really sure. No one's sure. They're released in the same room when they watch the show together. As wait, as it, did they like post on their social medias or something, or is that just like rumor has so that they were in the same party. room? And there was a viewing party. Okay, and uh, one of the mutuals had uh, Jake in one photo, and then in a different photo had Megan. And they're clearly in the same room. Clearly watched the episode together, and then there's an interview with Jake in. I don't know, fucking now or something, where he talks about how they did, in fact, watch the episode together and it is still a conversation that they're having. They've got an open mind and we'll see what happens. It is impossible to be in the same room with someone else and not be in a relationship with them. 
Yes. Oh, I'm not in the same room and therefore oh. <laughs> I'm not in love. Uh, but yeah, that's going to, I think that's going to be so interesting to see how that plays out. And, and uh, yeah, I would love to hear Megan's perspective on, on where she was at at that point and, Absolutely. and yeah. how she's feeling I think about it. That's the real it. missing point, the real missing piece here. Yeah. Uh, will we get it? Find out as we send an email to. Megan.marks at gmail.com and see what happens. She is now private on Instagram. So, oh, is that, oh, what, what is she hiding? No, I'm kidding. People are, have a right <laughs> okay, to their <but> privacy. <laughs> She's not hiding anything. I, what is she hiding? I will say the Bachelor of Arts podcast is one of the trusted followers. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're in there. You're if the there's anything to be learned. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah. Well, because we always do. Well, I'm a member of some Facebook groups. I don't know if I mentioned it. Christ. We, always, we always do the groundwork and the research ahead of time. Yeah, one of those Facebook groups uh, is like the Doc Martin Cut Ankle Society or something, right? right that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, There's an appreciation group, which I left, and then I joined the <laughs> depreciation group. Yeah, which is incidentally what's happening to the value of your shoes every time you wear them. Mm. Uh, and in fact, the value of my Achilles tendons. And especially <laughs> when you wear them on your hands, you silly boy. Oh, walk around yeah, with them yeah. in but it's so uh, fun and quirky. <laughs> so who else do we have to like vaguely mention who was okay, in the background? Uh, Cass and Naranga gave each other roses. There was some foot rubs. Uh, we don't like Cass. Naranga was like fully in episode three. Like, he was he in was both like, episodes for a bit. He was like fully mentioned by name. But it was he- also in the context of only being friends. Right. Right. Yeah, not considered as a legitimate romantic interest uh, and, in fact, made a point of not being considered a legitimate romantic interest by Kat, who, Cass, who says that uh, he's giving her friendship foot rubs. Hmm. I don't know nothing about friendship foot rubs, but maybe that's just <laughs> my friends. Maybe i got to get some better friends. Yeah, you got to get true. some friends and then you got to, like, you got to put those corns up, baby. <laughs> yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> Nasty, nasty, yucky. Gross. Max, uh, you know I'm going through some foot trouble right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, who else, Max? Oh, who else? Yeah. Come on, talk me through it. Who, who else? else? Uh, yeah, who else is left? Okay, Eleanor gave uh, her rose to uh, Aquaman, Alex McKinnon. Jason Momoa, yes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yes. And Great fucking movie. I'll stand on the soapbox about it. <laughs> My partner, Evie, won't let me talk about it. <laughs> She's so sick of me talking about this it. This is not a safe space. <laughs> Well, okay, I'll start my own podcast. <laughs> um, and Renee gives hers oh, to yeah, gives hers to Gilly. Gilly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone else? Or oh, Mary gives hers to Connor. Mm-hmm. That's it. I think Mary and Connor might be a thing. You think? Yeah, I just I just have my spidey senses about that one. Connor seems like because he's such an unknown quantity, he might have the. Um, Completely incompatible with the television show Bachelor Connor. in Paradise. Connor says that he's the king of Tasmania on his Facebook. Is <laughs> he really? Yes. I was going to say he might have the uh, incompatible skill, like the skill that no one on this show has, of uh, respecting the time of Mary and uh, treating her like a human person who deserves love. I hope, I hope, I hope that Mary uh, can become the second Mary to be the queen of Tasmania. <gasps> Wow. But not if it has anything to do with Connor. She uh, deserves someone. F- I mean, maybe he is super fun and, and also has some funny we quips. Don't we don't know. I'm, yeah. We don't know. I am really trying my absolute best. <laughs> the other thing the other thing I guess we maybe should talk about with Mary and Cass um, uh, is yeah. like their role in uh, bullying Abby. Oh, yeah. Um, this is gross. Cabana drama, you mean. 
Cabana <laughs> drama. The extra ten uh, Channel Ten socials uh, bonus content. Cabana Web drama. Series. They're like <laughs> clearly four episodes a week is not enough television. Here is a bit more. Um, I mean, I kind of liked it. Me too. Oh, yeah, me too. Give me Come some on, Cabana what, what drama. Else I for? Um, but I mean, I like. I say I liked it, but also it was like very difficult to look at. It made me very uncomfortable. Um, which essentially it's sort of like a backroom conversation, well, a cabana conversation between Mary and Cass, where they were talking about, in a very negative way, um, Abby's behavior and Abby's presence there, and specifically calling out things like the fact that she was wearing a bikini. Mm. In the in pool. Paradise? My goodness. Huh? In the pool? Yeah, they really sound like cabana drama piranhas. <laughs> I also was so icky in that. So basically, it's the yeah, it's a recording of them in the cabana. They're talking about oh that bitch. The word bitch is thrown around so much. So it's gross. also thrown around by Kieran, which made me like. Sucks. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was that was also yucky. He was sort of saying like oh those you know which uh you know what bitch is gonna get that rose and that sort of thing. And I'm like, ah mm-hmm. oh, man, it's just right this for objectification. Yeah, this show. Yeah. What a shock. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's just giving more license and more ammunition to the already quite vocal anti-Abbey, um, you know, part of the fan base. Right. Uh, but also the pro-Abbey really fan base, of which I the am. Abbey Hive. I am, yeah. I am proudly an Abbey Chatfield Hive over here. <laughs> yes. uh, and, it, like, it's, yeah, it was, it was yucky. And I think that Cass is really, at least on socials, I don't know whether within the show and whether this sort of Jake turn of... You know, she's giving friendship roses, but she's shaping out to not be super likable as a character. Right. Yeah, and you wonder how that um, might affect the only known uh, quality of hers, which is that she runs a business. She is a jewellery uh, entrepreneur. Mm. She runs a small business, in case you missed she it. She runs a jewellery business. And what are we going to do about that? You know, if we're looking like this on the internet, what does that do for your jewellery business? Oh. In a pandemic. Exactly. In Adelaide. Exactly. I don't know. Nobody knows. In this economy? In this climate, no one knows. It's in a bank. Everyone's everyone's got their questions and no one knows, especially (laughs) when you throw in Bachelor in Paradise. And no one here either on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. That will bring us to the end of another episode. Recap, Abby Butler, thank you so much for being here. I have loved every minute of it. Oh, my gosh. I just want to stay and talk about this forever. I cannot wait for the rest of this season. It's insane, the production schedule, Zave. Yeah, oh yeah, so I touched on this a second ago, is uh, they uh, have ramped it up. I don't know why there's a lot of speculation in the fa- Facebook group about, like, do they just not want people to watch it or something? It's crazy that they've hung onto it for this long, and then they're now deciding to broadcast the rest of the series in two chunks. Uh, I'm trying not to use that word. It's a bit gross. Mm. Um, two... Uh, Blocks sections uh, of four episodes, four nights in a row, each one of them an hour and a half. Um, Good luck, you two. Strap in. Thank you so much. We are uh, brave and intrepid explorers into an unknown Fijian universe here on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Get at her at Flabby Gutler on TikTok. Hell yeah. At Abs Butler on Instagram. (laughs) You find her beautiful, queer, inclusive space at We Are Proud as Punch on Instagram. Abby Butler, thank you so, so very much. Bulla, but whatever it is for goodbye, bitches. It's such a treat. Thank you so much. Well, Savy. Well, Max. <laughs> what should I say, Maxwell? Hey, what a fun episode! Oh, 
incredible. Probably the best episode of a podcast ever made. I would say so. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's always difficult to top last week, but I think we've done it again. I've heard Serial is coming back and the Serial production are making a new show. Chun, 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 chun. <laughs> By that I mean we are hosting the new season of Serial at the end of our regular episodes. Uh, yeah, I mean, we are discovering a lot of things, just like the investigative team of Ezra Koenig and whoever else. Uh, <laughs> one thing that we've discovered is a great friend in Abby Butler. Lovely, um, lovely Abby Butler. Hey, uh, Abby's our friend. We also came here. I don't know if you know this, mm-hmm. but... Uh, we came here to make friends. Yeah, as a matter of fact, we did. Um, and so, if you would like to join the illustrious ranks, weird. Um, come on down to yeah. social media. Yeehaw! Strap on your boots, and unless they're Doc Martens, and then come on down. Uh, somehow, you've combined the prices right with the game where <laughs> they scale the mountain on the prices right. It's both of them at the same time. Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting is where you can find us. On Facebook. And if you like Instagram, it's owned by Facebook, but your choice, you know. You can do what you want. Mostly pictures. Pod. That's where you can get at us. We are here every single day of the week and so Wait, many why? more. I, this is your house. I, li- I live elsewhere. <laughs> uh, find us on Twitter at DOH Pod. Uh, find me on Twitter at Xavier Ryan. That's Xavier Ryan. I'm Sarah Koenig. We are <laughs> out. We love you. Goodbye. We love you. Bye. 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 Searching for a